and a good morning, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge. How is everybody doing on this Championship Tuesday? We have got a great show for you. How about those Georgia Bulldogs? Before I get into the National Championship, just a reminder that you are listening to us on WQEE. 99.1 99.1 FM, the key out of Newton, Georgia. Now from 2 to 3 p.m., Monday through Friday, right after the Rod Peterson show and right before Braves Country Baseball with Mac McGee and the armchair quarterbacks. We have just got a jammed pack show today as it is a Georgia Bulldogs day. I'm going to talk about the 65 to 7 route over TCU in the national championship yesterday at SoFi Stadium, and it wasn't even close. And now that Georgia has won back-to-back national championships, are they the new dynasty in college football? I think Nick Saban has something he might want to say about that. Did you see his facial expression during college game day? This is episode 536 on this Tuesday, January 10th, 2023. And let's go ahead and get right into the show. Do have a busy week of shows. Just want to remind you that we do have the live show at Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill tonight. That show will air on tomorrow's episode. And then I'm also going to have Justin Dale on, lifelong Georgia Bulldogs fan. He is going to be on the show on Thursday. And we are going to talk about what it means for the Georgia Bulldogs to win back-to-back national championships. And now that college football season is over... We still have some all-star games and we have some spring games coming up in 2023. We could also focus on the wildcard playoffs in the National Football League. Which road team has the best shot during wildcard weekend to pull off the upset? All right. You're waking up this Tuesday morning. You're a college football fan. Just after we had the biggest blowout in national championship history, whether or not you're a Georgia Bulldogs fan or not, you might have been rooting for TCU as the Cinderella story. You wake up this morning realizing that the Georgia Bulldogs are back-to-back national champions. They become the first back-to-back national champions since the 2011-2012 Alabama Crimson Tide. And Stetson Bennett, is he the greatest Georgia Bulldog of all time? A two-time national champion. Georgia defeated TCU at SoFi Stadium 65-7 to last night in the national championship game. And the casual college football fan was hoping for a good game. I know I expected to see a good game. When Max Duggan scored the touchdown to make it 10-7, to I thought, all right, this is going to be a close game. And then Georgia's defense just put the clamps on TCU. Javon Bullard had two interceptions, a forced fumble. He was the defensive MVP for the Georgia Bulldogs. And Stetson Bennett had his best game as a Georgia Bulldog. 18 for 25, 304 yards, four touchdowns, zero interceptions, a QBR rating of 99.5, and he also accounted for two rushing touchdowns, six touchdowns for Stetson Bennett. And once again, is the MVP... And Georgia comes out on top. They are now the odds-on favorite to win the national championship in 2023. But is Georgia the new Alabama? I've been asking this question for a while now. And I do have an answer. Not quite yet. Clemson won two national titles in 2016 and 2018. 
in order to get to where Alabama was at. Yeah, the easy answer is to say, well, Georgia has to win six national titles. But Nick Saban just had the number one recruiting class. Alabama's not going anywhere. Alabama has the second best odds to win the national championship in 2023. I looked at Georgia's schedule for next year. I want to say their toughest game is going to be when they go to Knoxville. But their out-of-conference doesn't look all that tough. Yes, they do play Auburn at the Plains with Hugh Freeze. I'm not sure what the quarterback situation is going to look like. Maybe Spencer Sanders comes to Auburn. And they also play Lane Kiffin and Ole Miss, which he didn't have a great recruiting class. And Ole Miss is losing a lot of players. I think Georgia gets into the college football playoff next year. Now, Michigan is a dark horse. A lot of people like Michigan, especially if Jim Harbaugh returns. They get to play Ohio State at the big house. J.J. McCarthy is coming back. Blake Corum is coming back. They got most of their key players returning. Why is Georgia still a favorite? It's because of the job that Kirby Smart has done as a recruiter since he arrived on the campus of Georgia in 2016. Kirby Smart has an 81-15 record, two SEC titles, two national titles, one Heisman finalist, and in the past six years, finishing in the top 10, and he's had a top five recruiting class just about every year. Some of the local players that played for high schools here in the Chattahoochee Valley, Michael Williams from Hardaway, the five-star defensive tackle, had a huge sack on Max Duggan in the first half. And Jackson Meeks, the talented wide receiver from Central out of Phoenix City, he is going to have a pretty good impact. And it was just nice to see these local players from the Chattahoochee Valley have an impact. And I was very impressed with the local coverage. A big shout-out to WTVM sports anchors Jonathan Hoppy and Tony Reese and WRBL sports anchors Jack Patterson and Tyler Redman. They did a phenomenal job with the coverage at SoFi Stadium. And DJ Jones from Sports Visions was also there. And I knew that that had to have been special for DJ, especially being a member of the 1980 National Championship team that also went to a Sugar Bowl in 1982 and competed for a national championship all four years that he was there under legendary late head coach Vince Dooley. And as far as lifelong Georgia Bulldogs fans, I am truly happy for you. You know, I don't have a dog in the fight, no pun intended. I've only lived in Georgia since 2006. Yes, I started rooting for Georgia in the Matthew Stafford years. Life was good. They were a preseason number one in 2008. I went through the Joe Cox years the 6-7 and seven year when they lost to Central Florida in the Liberty Bowl, the 0-2 start when they wanted to fire Mark Rick, the year that Mark Rick lost to Alabama 38-10 to and almost lost to Georgia Southern. And then that's when the athletic director and the boosters decided it was time for a change. Now, don't get me wrong. Mark Rick was a great head coach. And congratulations to Coach Rick, by the way, for making it to the College Football Hall of Fame. But it was time for a change. Kirby Smart was the hottest assistant coming out of the University of Alabama in 2015. In 2016, Alabama makes another national championship run, and that defense was all on Kirby Smart, and Alabama's recruiting was because of Kirby Smart. South Carolina was getting ready to offer him a job. Georgia had to do something. And what a hire it was. 
Kirby Smart, even though that first season, oddly enough, they beat TCU in the Liberty Bowl. That was the last time they played them, by the way. But since 2017, a freshman by the name of Jake Fromm leading them to the national championship game. Incredible NFL players like Sony Michelle and Nick Chubb, Nico Hardman for the Kansas City Chiefs. The Georgia Bulldogs have done nothing but recruit and get to the mountaintop. And how about Stetson Bennett? So we tried to write him off even when he came in in a backup role in 2020, the COVID year, and he couldn't beat Florida or Alabama in the regular season. So in comes JT Daniels. We said, oh, Stetson could never win a national championship because he's not an NFL-ready type quarterback. JT Daniels had the better arm. But you know what? Keep riding Stetson Bennett off. Keep telling him that he's not good enough because that is just enough motivation for him to play with a chip on his shoulder. And he did what no other Georgia quarterback could do in school history, win back-to-back national championships. And what's next for Stetson Bennett? I believe he is going to go to the NFL. I believe he is going to make an NFL roster. I believe he is going to get his shot. He's going to come in a game. May not start right away, but he is going to be a backup in the NFL. And when he finally gets into a game, he is going to have all that juice, all that motivation for people to say, oh, you're not going to be able to make an NFL roster. You're not going to get drafted. I just keep telling Stetson that. And let's see what he does in the NFL. As far as a Georgia legend, he's already going to be in the College Football Hall of Fame. He's already going to be known as one of the greatest Georgia Bulldogs of all time. I would put Stetson up there with Herschel. Absolutely. So congratulations to the Georgia Bulldogs. Congratulations to the state of Georgia for putting the state on the map in California. I know there was a lot of people there were in Southern California that could care less about this college football championship. I have also heard the talks from people who don't like Georgia, mainly Georgia Tech fans, that if Marvin Harrison Jr. did not get injured in the Peach Bowl, and Ohio State wins that game. And you're probably right. Ohio State should have won that game because they played better. Georgia played awful in the Peach Bowl and squeaked out a narrow win. You can go a little bit deeper in the national championship game last year if Jamison Williams doesn't get hurt. Does Alabama beat Georgia? And this year, Alabama has a stake that they were one of the top four teams in college football. Alabama had a strong argument for getting into the college football playoff. Bama did not play Georgia this year. Georgia played LSU in the SEC championship. Could this Bama team beat Georgia? Some questions we'll never know. Bama's going to be strong next year, but they're not going to have Bryce Young or Will Anderson. But once again, another top recruiting class. And I'm excited to see Mill Creek's Caleb Downs. I think he's going to be an NFL safety, but he is the top recruit from the state of Georgia that committed to the University of Alabama, and he is going to be an impact player. I just can't believe college football is already over. I cannot wait until next season. I can't wait for the spring games. The spring games are going to be starting back up in April. And then, of course, we have the NFL Combine. We have the Pro Days. It's going to be a sight to see. Can't wait for that. But we still have some NFL games left to go. 
There are 14 teams that are trying to get to Arizona and play in the Super Bowl. Wildcard weekend, it's always one of my favorite weekends because I'll sit in front of the couch and watch football. And I have an investing interest, especially on Saturday, because we have a rivalry renewed. Saturday, the Fox game at 4.30, the Seattle Seahawks taking on the San Francisco 49ers. You know the Seahawks really limped into this playoffs. They started off pretty hot, but they have lost some games that they shouldn't have lost to, like to the Carolina Panthers. They lost to the Raiders, the Buccaneers. You know, the Seahawks actually... I was very impressed with what Geno Smith did at quarterback, but he wasn't an elite quarterback. And when the Seahawks had injuries, you know, they had the injury to Jamal Adams. But I was very impressed with the coaching job of Pete Carroll. And I was impressed with the Seahawks weathering the storm. But this is not a dangerous team. This is a team that snuck into the playoffs because Green Bay couldn't beat Detroit. And now they're taking on a 49ers team that the 49ers controlled both those regular season games against the Seahawks, including jumping up 21-6 to in Seattle on that Thursday night game. And I look back and I see the matchup. Does the Seattle Seahawks have a chance to pull off the upset against their longtime rival, the San Francisco 49ers? With the 49ers having the number one defense in the NFL, I just don't see how Seattle can move the ball on their defense unless Geno Smith throws it over the top. Smith Walker has improved as a running back. The 49ers are going to be able to respond. If Seattle gets an early lead, Brock Purdy and the Niners will be able to respond. That Seattle defense is not a defense that it once was in the early 2010s with the Legion of Boom. The 49ers are going to be able to run the football with their running back tandem of Christian McCaffrey and Elijah Mitchell. I could not believe the difference Elijah Mitchell made in that game with his spurts just running out of the backfield. And Debo Samuel, he's getting involved back into the offense after coming off that injury. And Brandon Ayuk is a very complimentary piece. Another 49ers wide receiver to receive for over 1,000 yards. And Jawan Jennings, nicknamed third and Jawan. Brock Purdy has got weapons, but I wonder, how is Brock Purdy going to play if, let's say, George Kittle gets injured? and he's not playing, or Christian McCaffrey. Can Brock Purdy overcome? I don't think he's on the level of Patrick Mahomes just yet. But if you look at all the teams in the National Football League, I think the Chiefs have the best shot at winning the Super Bowl. Right behind them, the 49ers. Although I'm rooting for the Buffalo Bills, they don't have a run game. They do have some holes. But Josh Allen is spectacular, and he knows how to bail them out. I think that The Cincinnati Bengals have the most complete team. I think that Joe Burrow can go into Kansas City and out-duel Patrick Mahomes. But yeah, wild card weekend starts with San Francisco and Seattle. And then the Sunday night game, the Los Angeles Chargers taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now Mike Williams is likely to play. I think that's going to be a big difference. The Jaguars were 2-6 and 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 4-8, but they rallied off five straight wins to win the division and host a playoff game. Remember, this team did beat the Chargers at SoFi Stadium early on in the season, 38-10. But the Los Angeles Chargers, when healthy, 
They have one of the best rosters in all of football and can beat anyone because they have a very special quarterback, Justin Herbert. I'm really excited about this quarterback matchup between Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence. I don't think home field advantage is going to play a factor. I think the Jaguars are just happy that they're here. But Doug Peterson has won a Super Bowl with the Eagles. And the Jaguars do have some special players, some weapons around for Trevor Lawrence to distribute the ball to. And they have some good players on defense. Trayvon Walker, the number one overall draft pick out of Georgia. And Josh Allen, who had a big scoop and score against the Tennessee Titans. Now, the big question for the Los Angeles Chargers is their health on defense. Joey Bosa, Derwin James, Khalil Mack, they got a very strong defense. I'm really excited about watching this game. Really, those first two games of Wildcard Weekend, I'm intrigued and I'm going to watch them. And then the rest of the games up leading to the Cowboys game Monday night against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Sunday's games, I pretty much know what the outcome is going to be. You got Miami taking on the Buffalo Bills. That's going to be one of those games where I think Buffalo is going to win and it's not even going to be close. We still don't know the health of Tua. Teddy Bridgewater might start. It might even be Kyler Thompson again. The Dolphins were 8-3. and three. They look like an unstoppable offense with first-year head coach Mike McDaniel. Raheem Mostert might be out, their top running back. And I think that the Bills get the win. The 430 game, I'm calling the upset. I think the Giants can beat the Vikings. The Vikings were 11-0 in one-possession games. Even though the Vikings are favored by three, Justin Jefferson is just a special wide receiver. Dalvin Cook, great running back. Kirk Cousins, in prime time when he's in the spotlight, he is not the same quarterback. But what Kevin O'Connell has done, they have really turned things around. When Mike Zimmer was the head coach last year, they would lose all these one-possession games. Now they are winning them, but their point differential is really concerning for the Vikings. And what a job that Brian Dable has done with Daniel Jones, with this Giants offense. If you start getting Kenny Galladay involved, they already have Saquon Barkley. Giants really don't have elite talent, but I think that they could come into Minnesota and get the win. I really do. And then the Sunday night game, the Cincinnati Bengals hosting the Baltimore Ravens. Once again, second week in a row. Still don't know the status of Lamar Jackson. But I want to say that the Cincinnati Bengals are my dark horse to reach the Super Bowl. I still think it's going to be the Chiefs. But I think if there's anybody that can reach the Super Bowl, really, you can't go wrong with either the Chiefs, Bills, or Bengals. The Monday night game, the Dallas Cowboys traveling down to Tampa to take on Tom Brady and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. You know Tom Brady has not lost to the Cowboys in his NFL career. The Cowboys limping into the playoffs after losing to the Washington Commanders. And even though the Cowboys are a slight favorite on the road, you can never count out Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. Despite the fact the Buccaneers don't have a run game. I tell you, if the Cowboys are one and done in the playoffs once again like they were last season, then head coach Mike McCarthy is going to be out of a job, and Jerry Jones won't hesitate to offer Sean Payton whatever he wants to take the Cowboys' job. Even though this Dallas Cowboys team is talented, there are still holes, including in the run game and on that offensive line, and Dak Prescott has got to stop throwing picks. 
I'm not rooting against the Cowboys because I want to see the Cowboys and 49ers in the NFC Championship. But it sure is funny when they lose because out comes the crying Cowboy memes. And did you just happen to see first take Monday morning? That was hilarious. That could have been the funniest cold open I've ever saw with Stephen A. Smith and Michael Irvin. Yeah, check it out. It's a scene from the movie Next Friday. It's actually absolutely hilarious. All right, so Monday passed yesterday. It was Black Monday. We already had two firings in the NFL. Lovey Smith was fired late Sunday night by the Houston Texans. And the Arizona Cardinals fire Cliff Kingsbury, which I didn't agree with the hire in the first place. I mean, when you have a losing record in college, and that's with Cliff Kingsbury, 35-40 and 40 at Texas Tech. He even had Patrick Mahomes as his quarterback, and Texas Tech couldn't get 10 wins. I mean, what's up with that? 28-37-1 and 1 in Arizona. Only one good year. That was last year. Kyler Murray was off to an MVP start. And then the Cardinals free fell, and they lost to the Rams in the wild card round of the playoffs. Cliff Kingsbury just did not get the job done. And the Cardinals GM also out. Cardinals need to get stability, like when Bruce Arians was the head coach. Or even Ken Wisenhunt led them to the Super Bowl. Not sure what direction they go. Maybe in the division, they interview defensive coordinator for the 49ers, D'Amico Ryans. I think Vance Joseph is probably going to get this job because he's been a head coach before. He coached the Broncos. And when the defense had all their pieces, J.J. Watt, Isaiah Simmons, Buda Baker, the Cardinals' defense was pretty good. But yeah, nobody likes to see coaches get fired on Black Monday. I actually think the next coaches to go, especially when you start seeing coordinators get fired, Mike Vrabel, he is going to be on the hot seat as they just fired a bunch of coordinators. And Kevin Stefanski firing their defensive coordinator, Joe Woods. That's not good. Not good if you're a Browns fan. I just think that that was a complete disaster with Deshaun Watson. At least they were competent with Jacoby Brissett. But Deshaun Watson was a shell of himself. Hasn't even played football for two years. Well, I'm excited about what 2023 has in store for me as a broadcaster as I continue honing my craft. I'm excited about the Columbus Rapids in year two in the NISL. Their first home game is going to be February the 1st at the Columbus Civic Center against the Fayetteville Fury. The women's team will be on the pitch first at 6:15, followed by the men. But their first game in the NISL is going to be January the 20th against the Memphis Americans. And I'm really excited to see how competitive both the men and women's team are in year two. There's a lot of what-ifs, a lot of mysteries, especially with the two expansion teams, the Tampa Bay Strikers and the Central Florida Crusaders. I'm really looking forward to the live show tonight at Ivy Park Sports Bar and Grill as my guests are going to be men's player Eric Sanchez and Rapids women's player Megan Byers. Should be a lot of fun. Thank you for joining me here on this condensed show of the Sports Beat. Don't forget that you can listen to me Monday through Friday on WQEE. That is 99.1 on your FM dial if you're up in the Noonan area. Or you could also listen online to WQEE's Facebook page. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening to another episode. It is a Georgia Bulldog Day today. It's a fun and exciting time to be living here in the state of Georgia. 
And I hope you have a great rest of your day, and uh, we will talk to you next time. Bye, everybody. You are listening to The Sports Beat with Richard Holdridge, broadcasted on WQEE 99.1 FM The Key from 2 to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday. This is a local podcast that covers Columbus sports and beyond. If you would like to hear more of this podcast, you can download us on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, or Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. And I hope you have a great rest of your day.